Welcome to today's show, and with me I've got Jose. Jose is the owner and one of the founders, I think, of Cool Products. Um, and Cool Products makes a number of liqueurs and shooters and stuff, and I first met Jose probably, what is it, Jose, about 10, 20 years ago? Yeah, at least, eh? Um, just talk Yeah, yeah. So... Cool Products started in 1999. 99. I wasn't one of the founding members. Uh, okay. There was uh, three of them that started, and uh, then one of them basically was selling out, and I bought their share, and it became three partners, and then uh, you know, then uh, uh, we are together. And uh, well, how long's it been now? Been uh, when there was three of us, we are still in, out in Westmead, and. Uh, we stayed together for about three years, and then, like all good things that come to an end, you know, we like sort of uh, had to go our own separate ways. Um, and you bought the partners uh, out. Yeah, bought the partners out. So. Yeah, tell us a little bit about the the beginning of Sours. I mean, it was uh, there was a product from the states that came in, and I think you were the first guys to make a local version. Yes. Yeah. Well, the the way it worked was that many had uh, owned the Red Dog. And then I had a nightclub. Which club. was a nightclub, or what? Yes, it was a nightclub. And then I had a nightclub pretty close by. Okay. And uh, and that's how I got to know Manny, which and was one of the founding members of Cool where, Products. Where was it? In, on the Bluff, On eh? the Bluff, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And then, uh, and then basically what happened is uh, they used to have pigs nights and all that kind of stuff, and they were making a roaring trade with the sours because the, the only sours you could get was actually from the States. Yeah. So they decided to make some illegally kind of yeah. thing you know like in, uh, and bottling it probably in the, all innocently <laughs> yeah I know for sure <laughs> all in the back you know uh, in the back of the nightclub in the back of the nightclub <laughs> okay. and they were just making tons of sours uh, and, the, flogging it, and flogging uh, it out in the front you know so uh, okay <laughs> Yeah. And this, okay, so this, the, I remember the, what was it, the Red Dog? Yes, yes. Yeah. And then basically, and from then, they kind of, they sold the business because obviously there was, the the, the volumes was so great with the sours and stuff that they, they saw a, a business opportunity there. Yeah. So they sold the Red Dog and uh, moved into a factory out in Westmead. To start um, making to this start stuff. To start making it full time. Officially. Yes. <laughs> they, were, they had two separate lines. They were going to do like some drinks as well, some uh, okay. Carbonated soft uh, drinks, soft drinks, which never really took off. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the 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 shooters and all those kind of uh, variants and yeah, that, that kind of stayed. And, and you, your background, I can see from the photo you you studied at the police academy. Yeah, no, well, uh, I was after uh, school, the, yeah, after school, just went uh, into. Obviously, we had to do our. National, uh, national yeah. uh, service and whatever. Uh, okay. uh, so I basically opted to go into the police force. I was there yeah. for a while. And then after that, uh, basically, I just stayed in like a minimum time. And then I came out and I actually studied interior design. So oh, really? I'm an interior design. So uh, closet uh, creative, <laughs> are you? Uh, supposedly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah, we get very creative, yeah. But we did you, did you paint that picture then? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a picture of, tell me. Uh, it was uh, it's Frank Bruno and some other fighter, and okay. I just like the, the the shadows on it, you know the the, the wow yeah, so, okay so. a big mural yeah in the office in in the factory here wonderful yeah. um, okay and then you studied interior design yeah and then how did you end up with a nightclub 
Well, um, basically, it was uh, f- uh, this uh, a mate of mine who was uh, is uh, an attorney. Um, he was looking after a. Um, a uh, he was a sort of well. How can you say he was in charge of this one uh, uh, estate, and they owned a uh, they owned these uh, premises. So basically, he was like you know putting tenants in and collecting and that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, doing all the legal stuff to to to, to do with it, and uh, it became vacant. And uh, you know, offered it to me, and uh, but, uh, and and in the same complex, Steers and Debonairs were going in. So I just thought, you know, that they've done their market research. Mm. There must be a market for that. So I just uh, used my little interior design uh, flair, or whatever, if you want to put yeah. it that way, and I basically designed the whole place and uh, and did it uh, into a sort of nightclub, which I stayed there for about nine years. Really? Okay. Yeah, what so. was it called? It's called Siberia. It was supposed uh, to be like yeah. an internet cafe, but now we're going back about 20 As in years. Cyber. So, yes, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Siberia, Siberia with a yeah. C-Y. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, going back uh, 20 years, the internet was all new. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was early days. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then basically uh, from there, from there the, the, the whole food didn't really take off. The, the, the computers didn't really take off. Um, in as far as the business is concerned, mm. um, and it was just booze, so we turned it into a full-on pub nightclub, okay. and that's how it was. Yeah. And that worked, obviously. Worked, if you, yeah, if yeah. you, I mean, if you did it for nine years, it must have worked. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, very, yeah, was and that well. was that your introduction into the the drinks industry? Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Okay. Yeah, baptism by fire. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, so was it close to where many in them? Yes, the yeah, Red yeah. Dog was? it was in Montclair, so okay. uh, you know, which is like close to the bluff. Mm. And, I mean, those uh, the the regulars would uh, frequent either either or. Yeah, know, so. and then they tell you about the specials at the and the Red Dog. Yeah, and the, uh, always like in comp- uh, competition. <laughs> <laughs> and would they would they sell to you at that time or who's that? Many in them. Uh, no, no, I wasn't buying the sours. Oh, I mean, you weren't the, buying the sours. Was like a sort of uh, the only one available, as like you said, was the one from the states. Yeah, was which was like pricey. Even then, probably a hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, it was. It came out at twelve percent, and it and this is going back in uh, early two thousands. So it was about seventy five rand a bottle. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's crazy. Okay. So my memories of of cool products in Westmead was. Manny and his partner in a what? <laughs> in a what? What do you call this? Yeah, like a like lab. A dust coat, yeah. dust coat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was the guy that was in charge of the lab and everything. And yes, it, it yeah. seemed very professional. I mean, it's. it's uh, yeah, well, I mean, you are working uh, to a certain standard. You know, yeah. you've got to keep everything hygienic and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, they wanted to dress up in white dust coats. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with it. So, yeah. yeah. We just keep everything still as professional as possible. Yeah. But, uh, no need for the white dust coats. Yeah. <laughs> and how long were you in Westmead for? Can you remember? Uh, well, the factory was there for since '99 till about 2007, and then 2000, yeah, 2007, 2008. I've been here about eight years. Okay. And then yeah. you moved to Pinton. You bought this yes. property here yes, because yeah. they wouldn't sell you that one, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And the and the rents were just getting. Uh, obviously, nowadays, you know, you got to sort of try and keep your overheads as low as possible. Yeah. And uh, you know, paying rents and and it just starts climbing and climbing. So you know, you got to try and do whatever you can to keep your overheads down, especially when in manufacturing. You know. Yeah. So. So I mean, to be able to 
keep one brand going for 20 years is quite a feat. Eh? Well, Coca-Cola can do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> they don't, they don't change years. anything. <laughs> they don't change anything, yeah. And you haven't, I mean, Cool Sours, you've added a bit to the range. I know that you added a bubble, bubble gum, and I was really upset when you did it because it, I thought I owned the whole bubblegum industry belonged to me <laughs> with my Ariba bubblegum. Yeah. Um, but that was a, that was quite a useful... I mean, you started off with obviously with the apple and, yes. and cherry, I think. Yeah, well, you know, being a small company, I don't have like a research and development uh, mm. sort of a whole uh, wing uh, sector, yeah. you know. So, so basically, we copy yeah. you know whatever you can do you try and copy so you know the trend is flavoured vodkas and flavoured tequilas mm. and, and so you sort of jump on board uh, yeah. or you lose out you know so you are doing uh, you are one of the first uh, to do the the, the uh, flavoured uh, bubblegums and uh, that's obviously worked well for you yeah. but then I also wanted to <laughs> jump in <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the, I mean, so which flavors work well? Apple is still the winner. Uh, on the sours, yes, yeah. the apple, the apple, the cherry, and the bubble gum, okay. and then the black currants also. Um, I've got about nine flavors. I think nine flavors. Yeah, of of that. Um, you know, some don't. Some sits on the shelf a bit longer. But yeah. it's nice to have like a, a big range spectra of of uh, you know rainbow colors. You know, yeah. So, the, the rainbow colors are pretty covered and then some, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I mean, you've never really aggressively been been the salesperson. You've never really pushed it. You've you've got a distributor in Durban and... Uh, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't pushed it. So I suppose we get into comfort zones and then, you know, with, with life, uh, you know, having a family and kids and, you know, you kind of sort of uh, you, know, you want to spend more time at home or, yeah. you know. But, uh, but there, if I had... Uh, been a bit more aggressive towards it so I suppose you know there is you know could get like sales teams and, and push the product out more uh. um, but uh, yeah I haven't sort of gone very aggressive on that yeah and but and then I mean the brand just sells itself it's it's yeah. mainly it's a good value product good yeah, yeah. good on price and yes. and that's it um and, and tell us a little bit about the, the bottling facilities that you have. Um, well, it's, it's pretty much one line. We Before I got involved in the whole uh, partnership deal, there was a... A, um, they sold the main line, which was you know for the the sort of the making the carbonated drinks. So I kept the 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 line that does the spirits, um, and uh, yeah, that that's uh, it's a big nice line. I mean, it's f- pretty much fully automated, um, so you can push out st- with just one label, very basic product. Uh, at least a thousand bottles in an hour, okay. um, which is not quite in the ABR kind of range. But I mean, it's <laughs> it's uh, you know if you can do a thousand bottles an hour, uh, you allow yourself to be able to do contract packaging, which you know kind of also dabbled in that as well. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, it's a one man show. Uh, I'm pretty much here alone, and uh, you know the, I, I employ people when they when the need arises. Yeah. Um, uh, the the whole thing is just to try and sort of, yeah, not uh, get ahead of myself. Yeah, <laughs> just keep uh, keep the overheads down. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to design a drinks brand, and if you look at, at trends worldwide, um, drinks entrepreneurship and and the whole drinks industry is still one of the most lucrative startup businesses. 
And, I mean, you've seen Oaks come and go, knock on your doors, make me this, make me that. And some of them more successfully than others. Yeah. What, I mean, how would you go about starting a new drinks brand, um, in in particular in your category? What is, what would you call, you know, typically in a 750 ml bottle, um, what is it, liqueurs and shooters, that sort of thing is what you could make? Yes, yeah, yeah. I think at the end of the day, I mean, whether we like to believe it or not, everything does a circle. So there are the, we we're getting the same stuff being bottled over yeah. years and years, um, and and uh, it's just packaged differently. Mm. So at the end of the day, I think the most important thing is marketing. Yeah. If you can push that product out there and make a name for yourself on that, then you could pretty much sell anything yeah. uh, but it's it's brands branding yeah. so mean, the branding uh, is harder than making it yeah, yeah you yeah. can make a you could make a, a drink in the back uh, garage if you wanted you know the it's it's easy to it's that easy to do really yeah. you know? um obviously if you're doing it legally there's the whole sort of legal implications and and that uh, and so forth but uh but to actually get the consumer to buy, I think branding is the most thing. And that's, I mean, I realize that's, you know, like being here for so long. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, you have tried some new brands and some of the, those haven't done as well. Yeah. Um, so it is, I've seen it's not easy to to just come up. But if somebody's got a concept, I mean, how would they go about, I mean, what information do you as a contract bottler need from from a brand kind of idea? to getting it on the shelf well they they got to have like quite clear ideas of what sort of target market they're going for and and what sort of uh, you know what's uh, how the product is going to look what's what size is going to be sold and you know and who's there you know where they're going to see themselves and what's Mm. what's a retailers and then from that you know you can sort of work with you know but uh yeah, it's it's like I said, the 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 manufacturing part is the 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 easier part. Mm. Like I used to do, we obviously used to make that uh, Ariba bubble gum, um, which was made uh, also at a contract facility in Joburg, but I wasn't really involved on the on the manufacturing side. So I mean, what sort of minimum quantities would you need, or um, I mean, would you know where? You obviously have contacts with flavoring houses and those sort of people where you could put a potential. Um, or a new brand in contact with, or how would you even start something a project like that? If I if I wanted to make something like bubblegum tequila, well, you'd have to sort of uh, talk to as many po- people as possible, and and you know to to get like a clear idea of that. Mm. Um, I'm uh, in a situation here where I can run big volumes or, mm. or small ones, so it can sort of help in people wanting to start up yeah. things like that. So, I mean, uh, my minimum sort of run I can do is probably in the region of about 150 litres. Okay, that's um, more. Yeah, we've got like a small manual filler. That's it's like that, 10 boxes. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, I mean, if you'd want to start uh, on something like that, obviously it would be your pricing, obviously, mm. uh, the, the the more you do, the, the, the cheaper it gets. Down, yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's a lot, lot of legal implications, obviously, with the mm. duties and your labeling and your A, a numbers and all that, mm. as you know. So, okay, talk, yeah. could you share that with us? I mean, to get an A number, I mean, you've obviously had it for 20 years, so you might not remember how to get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's with the Department of Agriculture. Yeah. But do, could, could potential guys, contract guys, would they use your A number or would they get their own? 
Uh, I've worked it both ways, you know. Okay. Obviously, when a guy is trying to sort of actually uh, penetrate the markets, like uh, as uh, someone for the first time, they wouldn't have all that. Yeah. So uh, they would like sort of use my A number, okay. Um, my facilities, and, your and, taxes, and all that. You, I mean, you yeah, they would yeah. buy it from you, and the duty's already paid. Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Because you source all the, the you you know where to source all the raw materials. If it's a, something similar to what you're making, exactly, um, exactly yeah. there's no science to it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, at the moment, everything is about you know everybody's talking about gin and craft gin. And is that something that you've ever considered distilling yourself? Uh, Distilling is a whole new process. It's, it's a, a different whole new, thing different to blending. Thing, you know? So uh, it, it's, it's again, you know, it's like this, this business is manufacturing and marketing. Um, I've, I'm more in the sort of my core business is manufacturing. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm going into marketing, then that's marketing. If I'm going into distilling, that's like yeah. a whole sort of going another step back. But obviously, it's it's uh, it's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's a huge market, and it's it's guys are doing very well. Yeah. So you you buy your spirits, and then what would you call this a blending facility? Then really, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you don't manufacture any, any alcohol. Everything is bought. Correct. And where does one buy alcohol? I mean, is it from the NCPs? From the, yes. Yeah, from the obviously the sugar industry, so okay. basically they they would use that uh, you know from NCP. Or and in the Cape, it would probably be from somebody like Oda Merlin or from the wine industry. Correct. correct okay. Correct. So in KZN, it's obviously sugar. Correct. Um, and something like I mean, from first thing people always ask me, why is there no rum in, in KZN? And I do know that we have got a rum uh, distillery in. Uh, Tunzini now, yeah. where they crush sugar cane and, and they distill that yeah. um, to make rum. Is that? Um, but that, again, that's not a blending process. Hey, that's that's yeah, a that, distilling that, process. That, that would be sort of. Uh, I mean, I think uh, it takes the colour from the uh, the the oak barrels mm. that they put it in as the well. The aged, yeah, yeah, and uh, the. You know the whole vodka, cane, and and rum kind of thing. The, it's got such a high alcohol content. For me to actually manufacture would be far too costly. Okay, it's cheaper so, to buy from from yeah. the big guys. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So I've basically shied away from that because uh, you have to do volumes on that. It yeah. would be the same as me bottling water. Yeah. Uh, only volumes would sort of warrant that sort of uh, you know inputs. Okay. To get that sort of you know, money. Yeah. So the the raw the raw spirits is is really made okay. in massive machines, I guess. Eh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And to be able to buy spirits from NCP, do you need you need a manufacturing license, or I guess they can't just sell to anybody. No. Yeah. You'd have to have a valid uh, liquor license. Okay. A manufacturing liquor license. Yeah. And and so. and you. The licensing for a, a, a facilities like this is a micro manufacturer similar to a brewery, I guess. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You'd uh, again. I've got a, an attorney or whatever that that mm. deals in that specific. Uh, just only that. So you know the whole licensing uh, sort okay. of thing. And uh, yeah, basically, if you wanted to start up, you'd get. Uh, these uh, licensing, these people that li- uh, specialize in the actual liquor license, and uh, they take it from there. I don't know. There's certain requirements. Yeah. Obviously, what you'd you'd have to sort of have fire extinguishers, obviously, and and you know where they 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 have to take photos of it and mm. have a floor plan and that kind of stuff. And and yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, and um, the trade since 1999 or whenever the, the business started to now, it's obviously changed. I mean, it's it's fairly easy to copy something like Cool Sours, yeah. and just as much as I guess you copied the original. Um, and the market is flooded, or is there still a good market for it? Um, yeah, there's, I, I find a lot of new products coming out just on a daily basis, pretty yeah. much, you know. But uh, uh, you basically just stick with what you know and you just keep running with that. Yeah. You know, um, uh, the, the whole business uh, has changed as well. You know, it's, it's like gone are the days where you've got your corner cafe and, and same for the, your little corner bottle store. Um, it's all becoming franchise. And so the bigger retailers are sort of, they've all got their own sort of uh, bottle stores. So you'd be dealing more with corporates than mm. you'd be dealing with like a little family tea room kind of stuff or, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, it's, it's, that's how the sort of dynamics have changed. There are very few sort of um, privately owned bottle stores, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, compared to like 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's been the biggest change. Yeah. I think first it was Tops that took over all the independence and then. Yeah, well, now even gamers got you. Now, there's yeah. game, there's checkers. <laughs> they all have. Yeah, and you've never you've never dealt with the big big chains, have you? We I did I did, but uh, we we are listed with pick and pay. I mean, uh, the whole time uh, it's it's uh, up until about five years ago, if um, four or five years ago, that uh, actually sort of pulled the plug out on on sort of dealing with that because uh, I think you need sort of to to be in that on that level with uh, to to be dealing with them. I mean, your you know, I don't have to sort of employ somebody here to look after the, the accounts alone. Um, and, you know, when I'm doing just the, the bottling, it's it's kind of difficult. It's like I've always tried to just keep the business, the core, as manufacturing. Mm. But uh, I was doing a bit of the deliveries as well. And, and uh, you know, to pick and pay, it's, it's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say, yeah, uh, laborious. Mm. It's very time-consuming. So, you know, to going in, into the uh, dispatch or their receiving at least. It just takes um, forever to get forever, to the front. Uh, yeah, and, and those kind of things, you need to have like a, a huge network, uh, pay drivers and staff mm. to sit in queues for like two, three hours. Nothing against them, that's how they operate. Mm. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, for me... I, I so you choose not to deal with the corporate, that's that, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> if they make me an offer and make it easy for me uh, and that's the thing getting listed in the DC I think that would be key yeah. but uh, again you'd have to sort of uh, be able to carry stock for 90 days and we're talking like tons of stock yeah, so, yeah. yeah it's also cash flow I think. cash flow yeah yeah, and into in, in the future have you got any any new plans or ideas where the trains are going yeah uh, no, from day to day, it's like uh, the only big trend at the moment is the beers and uh, the gin. Mm. Um, I don't know where the market is going. It's like changes uh, like day to day, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's, it's, there's no sort of new trends at the moment. So yeah. I just basically sit and watch the market and uh, keep my line running. That's, yeah. that's all I can basically do. Okay. And where can, if, if people want to start, con you know, if they've got a good idea and want to start, 